What's up, everybody? It's Rick, and welcome back to Big League Chicago. Um, and starting off with some rough news, uh, you know, with a Blackhawk scandal going on. Um, so there's a lot of fallout from that stuff going on this past week or so. Um, and just to kind of recap it all, right, let's kind of go. It's going to be a short re- recap, but, I mean, I would like to go through all of it just because it is uh, – it's just a terrible thing that happened to this guy, John Doe, and we'll get to his name later, but it was just a terrible thing that happened to him um, and kind of puts a black mark on the Blackhawks organization for when this did happen, right? Um, and this short recap will kind of explain why. So uh, May of this year, there were some allegations or a, I'm sorry, a lawsuit was filed by a John Doe player from the 2010 Blackhawks. Um, so they were made made against uh, a guy named Aldridge. Uh, sexual assault um, lawsuit was filed against him. He was a video guy, I believe, for the Blackhawks um, that season, previous seasons. I'm not exactly sure. I don't really care about this guy. Fuck this guy. Um, after those allegations were, or after that uh, allegations were uh, made back in 2010. Um, so this is 11 years ago, made by this John Doe. He had told the a doctor, I believe, one of the team doctors. Team doctor let uh, the front office know. Front office let um, Quenville know. And they were informed. You know, they, they had been informed maybe a couple of days after it had actually happened or after this John Doe came uh, forward um, to let them know what had happened to him personally and another player. So they were, they had known for a couple days now, they had spoken about what was going to happen. Now, I don't know exactly when the abuse came about or when it was reported by this former player. I don't, the, the, one of the videos I saw made it seem like they were in the playoffs, like in, in the middle of the playoffs, right? It was 2010, so we're all excited about this first uh, possible Blackhawks <clears throat> championship. Um, so, uh, th- that's what the video made it seem like, like it was in the middle of the playoff race and this guy was called up from the minor league teams and was then sexually assaulted by Aldridge as well, like I said, as well as another player. So it seemed like it, it was over a matter of maybe a month or two, um, from when they first heard about these allegations. So anyway, front office knows, head coach knows, but nothing happens over the span of time in which they know. And they win the Stanley Cup. They all get their day with the trophy. Um, even Aldridge does get his day with the trophy. And nothing else happened. Now, in this time, though, um, between when the front office and and the coach were, were uh, told about it till when he does finally get, when he finally does resign from his position, he assaults another 22 year old um, Hawks intern. So now it's three people from when this former player had accused him and had told the team doctor about it. So again, I, I don't really know exactly when this happened, but imagine in the span of two months, this guy is sexually assaulted three people, two of them being players, one of them being an intern front office and the coach were, were, were informed about it days after it happened to the two players. And this guy goes and does it again. Uh, just disgusting, really. It's it's unfortunate that these guys 
um, that these people just had to go through it. Uh, I'm not sure what the intern was male or female, but it was just very unfortunate. They had to go through it, you know, and they could have stopped it when they did. And finally in June of that, of 2010, Aldridge did resign because they, the, the, the HR personnel let him know, Hey, there's an investigation going on. You can either be a part of it or you can resign. And the fucking coward decided to resign, right? Um, trying to save his own ass. So he resigned in June of 2010. So basically right after they had won the, cha- the, the cup, he had had his day with the cup. Um, and, and again, after he had already assaulted somebody else. So there was no investigation done in that year. So now years later, after the lawsuit was filed, there was an investigation. They had spoken to about 140 people, I think, um, one of them being McIsaac, Bowman, and just uh, recently was Quenville. And Bowman resigns, McIsaac resigns, or they step down, right? And just a couple days ago, or you know, a day or so ago, Quenville does step down as the Panthers head coach. And, you know... Rightfully so, I think, as much as Coach Q is probably going to go down as one of the greatest coaches for the Blackhawks, he fucking, he fucked it up, man. Him and him and Bowman really fucked this shit up because it led to not only the, the initial first two players, and who knows if this guy did it, you know, before um, these two players that came forward, or at least the one player that came forward, but he was basically given the opportunity to do it again, right? So that, that just, it, it you have to stop the problem right then and there from when you first hear about it. And to know that it happened again, man, it's just, it's, it's really fucked up. And it was, you know, entirely on their shoulders that this happened for another person after they already spoken about for no, for this to happen to another person after they'd already told them about the guy who did it, you know, and to not and just kind of like stand by and just kind of let the playoffs, you know, happen and, Give the guy the day with the trophy. It's just fucking disgusting, and it's it's unfortunate. So, all these guys are out. Um, McIsaac and Bowman, and you know, it for a lot of my Blackhawk friends, fan friends, um, they uh, they're like happy that Bowman is out, but the way that it happened, right, is not ideal. They didn't want him to be out because of some bullshit that he, you know, of some responsibility that he kind of just like swept under the rug. Right. They wanted it to be on, Hey, he's a horrible fucking GM. He is not fit for the Blackhawks. Let's get him out. You know, and instead it has to be in this way, which again, you know, it, he's out, which is good for the organization, but the way in which he was kicked out isn't, isn't good for anybody really. So, um, that's just, it's unfortunate. So we find out who our John Doe is uh, about a day or so ago. Um, his name is Kyle Beach. He came forward as one of the victims from Aldridge. We still don't know the other two victims or at least, you know, the ones we know, we know about being the other player, uh, whether it's former or current or, you know, was there for the, in the organization for a while um, or the intern. But Kyle Beach was the one who approached the team doctor and let him know about the abuse. And he did an interview with Rick Westhead. And I've got to tell you, I watched the interview. Um, it was, it's like sad to see because it's, it's very sad to watch because you see the emotion, you know, and he talks about how he told the team doc, everyone front office, everyone knew coach knew. And to have to live with seeing that guy, those next 
you know month or so and to see him get his day with the with the cup it's he was just like broken down man he was like a man just like defeated and you know it things like this things like sexual abuse do lead to <clears throat> repressing memories and you know a lot of the you know a lot of the i feel like a major thing to do when you're trying to repress memories is turn to drugs or alcohol. And that's exactly what he did. He basically outlined, like I turned to drugs, I turned to alcohol, trying to repress these memories, trying to forget this, just trying to forget that <clears throat> horrible experience with someone in an organization really that just kind of like basically left them out to dry, you know? So it's, it's extremely sad, you know, to see him talk about it. And it's just an extremely sad situation and it, sh it should anger some people with the way that this organization handled this situation, you know, in, in, in recent years, it, it sucks to say in recent years, right. That people have taken a strong stance on sexual abuse when it should have, when it should have always been something that we take a strong stance on. Right. <clears throat> a lot more people are speaking out though. And that's great to hear because the more people that speak out, the less, the less uh, abuse they're going to, or they're, you know, they're saved. They're possibly saving somebody from being sexually abused because they get, they're giving them the courage to, to step up, to talk and to call out their abuser, you know? So <clears throat> big ups to Kyle beach. It does take a lot to kind of, you know, come out and say, say something like that. Because again, you know, it, there's this, there's this stigma that as a man, you kind of just take some shit, right? You man up, you don't let it fucking bother you. you just, it, you know what I mean? Like, and to see that interview where this guy's just like, he's, he's crying. He's, he's just saying all the, the, all the ways in which this affected him, you know, and could have been easily, maybe not e easily, but it would have helped. It would have benefited him more to know that, Hey, if I go to this organization and within a couple of days they do an investigation or whatever, you know, because it is, you know, it's not just like, we're going to follow this guy, what he said, let's put an investigation. The investigation went out, Turns out he did do it. And imagine if that had happened that summer. He would have felt great with the Blackhawks organization. Instead, he feels like he just, you know, he got fucked over. And, I mean, rightfully so. I would feel the same way. So, kind of recap all this. Just, you know, it sucks. It sucks how Bowman's out. I'm sorry, in the manner in which he was taken out. Um, but he fucked up. He let Kyle Beach down. Joel Quenneville let him down. McIsaac let him down. The entire Blackhawks organization let him down. Um, it did take him a while to speak up, and I don't know if any of the players knew um, this current investigation. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think they called out any players that knew, other than the one that was uh, sexually assaulted by Aldridge along with Kyle Beach. But other than the other players like Kane, Taze, Duncan, Keith, uh, not, I don't know if any of these guys knew. None, none of the reports had said they did, but. The some of the more important people knew and they didn't do anything about it. They kind of stood by, let the championship happen, and basically let the guy kind of quit. No Aldridge guy, right? So fuck him. He's a scum of the earth. I hope he fucking I don't know if he's in jail or or what. I know he was a registered sex offender in Michigan, so it's gonna be difficult for him to do anything for the rest of his life now, and deservedly so. He deserves he deserves everything bad that happens to him. Um, but yeah, I just needed to start out with that because it is important and it's, it should be something that, that we all kind of like think about for a sec, right? This could be happening to anybody and it can take some courage 
And sometimes, you know, that courage doesn't kind of, um, or it's difficult to have that courage because it can take a lot of time to actually speak up. Because imagine Kyle Beach, some, you know, some minor leaguer that just got called up for the play- playoffs. He was 22, I believe, years old or 20. I forget exactly how old he was. <clears throat> for, that, for that abuse to happen to you and to just look at this huge organization and to think that you can make a change in it, you know, it's kind of like a scary thought, right? And that's why a lot of people hold off. So definitely speak up. You know, the, again, in recent years, it's been it's been very, very much um, applauded now to kind of come out and be like, hey, this shit isn't right. What happened to me? And there needs to there needs something needs to be done about this right now because that is not OK. And unfortunately, it took them 11 years and a lot of um, just emotional, emotional destruction himself, you know, but finally it's out and hopefully this kind of lessens the pain for him um, because you do feel bad for him again, just watch the interview. It's, it's, he, it's just terrible. It's terrible to watch that and just to be like, fuck man, they really fucked him over. They really let him down. So just again, wanted to start with that because it is important to speak up and to know exactly what you deserve in a job or in a relationship or anything. So definitely, um, definitely speak up. Because he did it, and now all these guys are taking the blame for it, rightfully so. But yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of tough to transition from that. But uh, I will uh, hopefully be getting a a uh, another guy on here to speak more on the Blackhawks season. It's been pretty miserable so far, so hopefully I'm getting I, I can get a couple people on here for you. I know I've been saying it for a couple episodes, but hopefully I'm able to get somebody on here to speak more intelligently on the Blackhawks than I can um, the Bulls and whatnot. So we will definitely be doing a recap of these first few games from the Blackhawks that have just been absolutely terrible to watch. forget which game I saw that went into overtime after they scored like two goals in like a minute. Um, but for them to lose it in overtime, man, I was so fucking crushed. But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so I will definitely get somebody to kind of just depressingly talk about the Hawks on this, on this show for y'all coming up soon. But Let's go. Uh, I'm going to do a short recap of the Bears and Bucks. I know I didn't give you guys the Bears Bucks recap show earlier this week, and I apologize. I had some stuff going on. I wasn't able to. I was able to watch the game. I just wasn't able to get to the actual recap. And I'm going to keep it short, just because I do want to preview the Bears 49ers, which is depressing in its own. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> two very depressing Bears. Uh, talking points here. But uh, anyway, against the Bucks, man, it, it's it was absolute garbage. Garbage game. Um thinking about last last year when they did beat them, you know, I was like, "Hey, Tom Brady was on the team, man. Like we could still beat him. We got a pretty good defense. Like we got absolutely shut down. Absolutely shut down on both sides of the field. The only the, okay, so the only good thing that came out of the Bucks game was Khalil Herbert. And yeah, let me get to that because he rushed 18 times for 100 yards, and that was the first running back that the Bucks defense had given up 100 yards to. So that's a positive, right? Like that's something we can take away from that. Khalil Herbert is the real deal. Um, what does that say for Montgomery? And I, you know, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter. Um, trade Montgomery. We have Khalil Herbert, and 
it's I, I don't know. I I don't like that because Montgomery is such a such a fucking gangster running back. I love him, and to these a lot of people are talking about trading him when in reality, right? You should be thinking about this running back duo that we have with him, um, <clears throat> Montgomery, Herbert, and you know Tariq Cohen. Whenever he decides to kind of come back, sorry, not duo, but I guess triple threat. Um, but who knows when Cohen's coming back? And you know, Damian Williams is probably going to be out of the picture by next season. So it's really exciting to look forward to it because <clears throat> Montgomery and Khalil Herbert can be those those guys that you know are the workhorses and you have Cohen, you know, maybe on third downs coming out running a real route or, you know, fucking just going out for, for a pass. Cause he makes this offense really dynamic with his speed. And hopefully he's the same self when he comes out of uh when he comes back from injury, but kind of going back to the game here. Um, that was really the only positive that came out of the game. Tom Brady scorched us. <clears throat> I think he did like four touchdowns in the, in the first and second quarters. So the first half and the bears, were shut out. I I forgot that game. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it was very tough to watch. The defense got manhandled by the offense. Mac was nowhere to be seen. Um, they just nothing was going right for the Bears that day. The only again the only positive was Khalil Herbert and Kyra Santos made another field goal. This guy is fucking automatic. One of the best pickups we've had um, after Pinero got hurt. Um, and yeah, there really wasn't much to say about this game, man. Um, they're three and four now going up uh, against the Niners this coming Sunday. Niners are two and four. Last game was against the Colts, lost 30 to 18. And, you know, both of these teams are coming off rough losses. Again, Bears losing 38 to three versus the Bucks. It's getting completely destroyed. Um, so just to preview the game against the Niners, uh, it's fucking, I'm just still thinking about that loss. Um, so, Bears are averaging more rush yards than pass yards, which is fucking crazy. They are averaging 131 rush yards versus 124.4 passing yards per game. And I, again, that's just ridiculous. Like when last season we would talk about fucking Mitch not being able to throw past 300 yards and we keep, we're averaging 124 right now. So what, you know, Again, I, I I can't none of us can really blame Fields, right? Rookie quarterback, flip flopping between head coach calling plays and now the offensive coordinator calling plays. This offense just doesn't work, man, under these guys. Uh it did improve slightly with Laser calling the plays, and you could see that uh game three or four, whatever whatever week it was that he whatever week it was that he decided to start calling plays. But it didn't improve. It just kind of got worse or kind of stayed stagnant, I would say, from there. And we have a rookie quarterback. Like, we have to, you know, we're doing run play options. We're we're letting him roll out of the pocket fields, right? Um, Which is great. All good things. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know what's – I don't really know what to say about the offense. The offensive line is completely just imploding from the first few games where – they were looking pretty decent. Um, speaking of speaking of the O line, Tevin Jenkins, um, or I'm sorry, Borum, supposed to be coming back soon. I think from what I believe uh, Jason Peters had said in one of his pressers, and that's actually really nice to hear that one of these younger guys is coming back. And he did 
very decent, you know, for a rookie and those very limited uh, snaps that he had. So that's good to see because Jason Peters is just fucking old man. And he just kind of like, he should retire, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, he's an, he's an old man. Let's get these young guys in and let's, let's have them protect, you know, the future franchise quarterback uh, fields. So again, and then, and that kind of just goes back to the offense. Like it, the line's not doing really well. Justin Fields is having very little time to throw the ball, um, making poor decisions. And again, it's not, it's not his fault. He's going to, he's going to learn. It's going to take him in the entire season to learn. He, he said, he's like, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to losing so much. So I'm not, it just motivates me to work harder. And, <clears throat> you know, and I, I, as well as all Bears fans, hope to God that translates into next season or maybe into later this season. You know, imagine seeing seeing a good offensive flow from him, some good calls, um, him making better decisions week, week 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 now. Um, it, would, it would just do wonders for, like, just the Bears and for him to see that. So, you know, it, it's the, the offense right now. We just need new coordinators. We need new coaches. We need – um, I don't want to say front office. I don't know. Maybe GM. Uh, I'm starting to lose some patience and pace. Um, bringing all these fucking nobodies onto onto this team that have just not done really well. So whatever. Anyway, so the offense is pretty bad. The defense got completely shut the fuck down, man. They didn't know left from right who to fucking tackle, like how to tackle, like. There was no pass rush. Brady had all day to throw his fucking 600th touchdown, which which Mike Evans gave away. Uh, that fan who gave it back, though, got a pretty good return. A lot of people were dogging him and giving him shit, but he got a pretty good return at the end. Um, but, yeah, man, the defense was not there this week. And, you know, Sean say had a bad game. Defense coordinator that day. Um, I believe they weren't prepped very well either from a couple pressers I believe I had heard from they weren't prepped very well for this team in general for you know against the Bucks um but that I mean that was just it was just terrible showing by the defense so hopefully it gets better um a couple a couple notes here pretty depressing and then it gets a little bit better and then it gets pretty depressing but okay so I I told you about the uh 131 rush yards versus the 124 passing yards we're only the Bears are only scoring 14.4 points per game. That's what we're averaging right now. Um, I haven't seen a 30-point game in so long. I forget if they even scored it against the Lions. Uh, you know, that game's been over with for a long time. It's just looking forward now and just getting destroyed by the Packers and the Bucks two weeks in a row. Makes you forget a good win. So <clears throat> scoring only 14.4 points per game, that sucks. Now, highlight, 21 sacks tied with the Vikings for the league lead. That's actually really cool. You know, that's good to it's, it's good on the defense. And then you realize that the Vikings had a fucking bye week last week and we played the Bucs and we could have gone ahead, you know. Even one sack would have probably put us ahead, you know. So still, you know, still doing really well in the sacks. Um, Khalil Mack leading the way, I believe, for the team with five. And then, yep, mentioned that Khalil Herbert with 100 yards rushing. That was amazing. It was good to see him work. I actually had him on my fantasy squad too. So I needed all those points. I needed everything he got. He he had in him. Yeah, he's 100 rushing yards. I think he had, a, he had a few passes thrown his way. Like I think I got like 18 points off him. So definitely keeping him in my lineup. And uh, 
just kind of a heads up to everybody who listens playing <laughs> fantasy football. You should definitely pick him up if you know he's available. <coughs> now, just to kind of it's like a shit sandwich, really. Khalil Mack is doubtful, I believe, with a foot injury. Um, positive is Nagy is on the COVID nineteen list, so who knows if he's going to coach or not. That might even be a blessing in disguise, right? Like, God, like I don't want him to fucking get all sick and shit. You know, I don't wish that on anybody. Um, I hope he's fine. I hope he just has to, you know, fucking not coach the 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 game, and that's probably the worst thing. And maybe as a cough, like like that's all I wish on a person. I don't wish death or fucking terrible sickness on anybody here uh, for COVID because that thing is serious, and I would not want anybody to suffer as people have suffered on that. But yeah, so that's kind of like, that's kind of the preview for uh, the bears Niners. Um, we'll see how this offense kind of responds to that really shitty outing as well as the defense um, from last week against the bucks. Um, they, again, they take on a pretty shitty Niners team. They've lost four in a row. So they might even come in trying to get that first win in four weeks. Um, and the Bears have just kind of been up and down, up and down, three and four, trying to get to 500 here. And after the Niners, they have the uh, Steelers, which, you know, hopefully that's also a dub. But I, I, I'm i expecting a dub against the Niners. But, again, there's so many things going into it that who knows how this turns out. You know, the offense is up in the air. The defense after last week is like, okay, what what's going on, right? The only good thing is the kicker and our fucking uh, running back, who is a rookie coming in for a running back who's been great for us um, his entire career and who's out with injury, right? So a couple good things to kind of look at and to kind of look forward to. It's just, again, I'm not <clears> – I'm a Bears fan. I always root for wins no matter what, especially against the Packers. No matter what, I always root for wins. But if this turns out to be something like, you know, positive going forward for the future in terms of like getting rid of Nagy – getting rid of even laser at this point, to be honest, you know, we're, we're as fans, we're so, we're so uh, emotional in our, like, like our, uh, I don't know, just, we're just so emotional. And when, when shit gets bad and we're like, all right, well, Nagy's out, let's fucking get Bill Lazer's head coach. You'd be better. It's like, all right, we'll settle down. You know, let's, let's, let's not put laser in and then just fucking complain about him later on in the season. Right. Cause I, I saw that a lot. <clears throat> I saw that a lot after uh, he had given up, uh, play calling. But again, you know, I always root for wins. I'm always going to root for wins and we'll see how this week goes against the Niners. And again, I'm going to hope for a dub and see what happens, but the offense really needs to respond from that shitty showing last week against the Bucks. And don't get me wrong. The Bucks have a great defense, but I mean, we shouldn't have just been completely shut out like that. And it fucking embarrassing a little bit for real. So as far as score predictions, um, I haven't done one of these in a minute. Um, Bears are only averaging 14 points. It doesn't mean they can, they, they're not going to get past 14 points, right? And there's a very shitty Niners team. We're kind of going back and forth between starting Trey Lance and Garoppolo. Uh, Kittle's down. IR, I should know. I drafted him in my fucking fantasy league. <laughs> so he's down. Um, the This Niners team is kind of like, the Bears and the Niners have had pretty similar trajectories, or I mean, I should say lack thereof from, you know, when Kyle Shanahan and Matt Nagy came in the league and started coaching. 
Um, they both kind of went down and I feel like both coaches are on the hot seat. Nagy way hotter. He should almost be off that fucking hot seat. He should be fucking gone. But, um, so, you know, beforehand, you know, a few years ago, you would have been like, man, this is going to be a good fucking game, right? Niners and bears feature the NFL, probably feature, uh, playoff teams for a few years coming on down the road. Right. Um, but no, man, it's just, these two teams are fucking horrible now. Uh, three or four years removed from a couple great seasons. So as far as the score prediction, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game again. I think maybe the bears take advantage of a couple of, uh, couple of, um, defense, defensive bullshit from, from the Niners. Um, I do, I don't think they passed 20. God, I don't even know. Like I'm trying to go between either 17 or 20 points here for the bears. Um, and I'll leave it at that either 17 or 20 points for the bears. And I'll, and I'll do nine or 10. Let's do 10, 10 for the Niners, 10 points for the Niners and anywhere between 17 and 20 for the bears. So it's either going to be 17, 10 or 20, 10 for the bears for a W and they should get to back to 500 at four and four. Um, yeah, that's going to be my score prediction for this bears Niners game. And hopefully they get again, again, hopefully they get this dub, man. I just, I love winning. I love seeing the bears win. And now with Justin Fields, again, I mention him every fucking episode because it's just, you, I'm trying to speak this franchise quarterback, which we've never had into existence here. Um, we need him. <laughs> it sucks to put it on a fucking 22 year old shoulders or whatever, but we need this guy to fucking bring it home for us these next two years because it's it's just it worked out for fucking the Cardinals with Kyler right uh, a lot of these other guys Russell Wilson Pat Mahomes whatever it just worked out we need this to work out for us one time please just one time just one time just one Super Bowl that's all I asked for in my in my fucking in my lifetime I already got the Cubs World Series in my lifetime I'm done with that like if they win one that's just the cherry on top I would just love to see the Bears win it I've seen them go to it I've seen them be close and I've been excited every single time and then they just let me down so I just need one one Super Bowl win from the Bears in my lifetime please that's all I ask for <laughs> um but yeah so anywhere between 17 and 20 points for the Bears and 10 points for the Niners Bears dub, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, moving on to some more positive Chicago sports news, like probably the most positive out of out of all the teams right now, right? The the White Sox lost in the first round against the Astros. I covered that last episode, I believe. And after a fucking undefeated preseason, the Bulls came out hot, starting the season off four and zero, beating the uh, just recently the Raptors in a fucking close game. I was watching that fourth quarter and I'm not going to lie, man. I really thought that the bulls were going to lose that one. Cause they, they, they had double digit lead. I think at one point they, they were leading by like 30 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And the Raptors just kind of closed the gap there for a second. And it was kind of, uh, kind of scary. Not going to lie. Um, but they'd start off hot, man. Four and oh, they, they start off with beating the Pistons. That was a pretty close game, 94 to 88. Then they destroyed the Pelicans, 128 to 112. Then at home uh, versus the Pistons, beat them 97 82. Another pretty, pretty good win. And then again, uh, 111 to 108, they beat the Raptors by three. 
And telling you, man, this defense is looking really good. Caruso, Lonzo, um, even DeRozan, man, they're all looking really good. The offense is even better. I was hoping they'd score at least a hundred against the uh, the Pistons to make it three in a row uh, with a hundred uh, three in a row with a hundred points or more in each game. And yeah, dude, this defense is good. I'm watching this team. They've got great chemistry right now. It looks like they've been playing for years, really. It looks like they've already developed that chemistry in such a short period amount of time. And it's very fun to watch. Um, they played the Knicks today. Unfortunately, they lost that game. So they're 4-1. Uh, they lost 104-103. And again, another really close game where they were coming back this time. They were down. You know, the, all these these first four games, they were in the lead pretty much the entire game, um, which is basically the opposite to say for the Blackhawks, but that's that's another story for another day. So they were pretty much in the lead the entire first four games, and you know they came out 4-0. Um, and then against the Knicks, they were down. At one point, I saw them down by double digits. And fourth quarter, yeah, I had, I had given up on them in the fourth quarter. They were down double digits in, with six minutes left. And then with like about a minute or so left, they were within five. And they were like scoring and they were coming back. And I thought, holy shit, this is it right here, right? This is going to be that. Because they hyped up this game and it was on Joe Kim Noah night. All these fucking... Not legend, legendary bulls, right? Because it was Noah, it was Tibbs, and it was uh, Rose. Pretty much legendary bulls, right? They're playing the Knicks, Rose and Tibbs on the Knicks. Uh, but you had Ben Gordon, you had Tabo Cephalosha, you had Luol Dang. I think Kirk Heinrich was there. Brad Miller was there. Like all these guys from like the Rose era um, and the Baby Bulls era were there and it was like super cool to see and like all these guys look so so old like Kirk I don't look old as fuck but Captain Kirk is always going to be Captain Kirk um I saw the graphic after Zach Levine passed up Jordan for fifth most threes and Kirk Heinrich has like double that amount he's got like over a thousand three-pointers made for the Bulls and I I loved Kirk Heinrich don't get me wrong but I didn't know he had that many fucking three-pointers. I was like, holy shit, no wonder he was on the Bulls for a really long time, and everybody loved that guy. But damn, yeah, he has over a thousand threes, man, but like doubled that of Jordan. You know, I think more. I think about 400 more than Pippen. Like, he's Captain Kirk for a reason, right? So there's a lot of these guys there, and it was like really cool to see. And again, you're, they're trying to hype up this Knicks-Bulls 90s rivalry back up, you know, game. and it was really cool because like the hype was there and you know, the Knicks are good and the bulls are, are good now and they're back. And it was just really cool to see all these guys there. Like, unfortunately they couldn't, they couldn't really uh, get the secure the dub for fucking Noah on his night, but they lost by one. It was one Oh four, one Oh three. And they were down by like a lot in the fourth quarter. They were down by a lot, basically the whole entire game. So the fact that they only lost by one at the end, it's almost one of those wins that feel, or I'm sorry, it's almost like one of those losses that feels like a win, right? Because it's like, holy shit, the Knicks were in the playoffs last year. We're competing with a playoff team. We only lost by one. And we closed the gap, the double-digit gap in the fourth quarter with a few minutes left. Like, that's just that's just awesome, right? That's just awesome to kind of, uh, to kind of realize that, hey, basketball is back in Chicago. We're no longer these fucking loser bulls that has nobody, you know? Um, we're, we're led by Zach. We've got the Rosen scoring points when, when Zach doesn't have it, you know, those couple quarters or so and Caruso just 
throwing dimes, man. And, and Lonzo with his fucking triple double against the Pistons the other night or the Pelicans, I, I believe, I forget which team it was, but he's doing good things. And then Pat will fucking Vooch, like all, you got all these guys, you know, coming together and this Bulls team is actually going to be very exciting to watch these next few years. And by the way, Zach, man, like the game against God, I can't remember what game it was. I always forget if it was against the Pistons or the Pelicans, but he had the first two quarters, zero points. The last, I don't want to say the first two quarters, but the last six minutes of the second quarter in that game, whichever game it was, he had 20 points, 20 fucking points. Like he went 18 minutes without, uh, without any points. And then the last six minutes of the second, when we were up, when we were up by double digits again, he went 20 points. I remember just watching him fucking drain a three, get up to the three line, bam, 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 just fucking going in. I was like, holy shit, how does, it, how does one guy get 20 points in six minutes? I was like, this is why, this is just great, you know? And, and, and the fact that he didn't have any points up until that time and we were still leading, it just goes to show and it speaks for the, the, the great pickups that Lonzo and Caruso and DeRozan, especially DeRozan were. Um, I didn't think he should have taken that last shot. Uh, uh, D-Rose should have taken that last shot against the Knicks. I, you know, I truly believe it was Zach, you know, it's, he's the guy. Um, <clears throat> but you know, it's not like that was the worst person that could have, you know, had taken that shot because D is a pretty, pretty automatic bucket, man. He's, he's getting, he's been making 20 points pretty fucking consistently and more, you know? So it, it's not like it was fucking, I don't know, uh, one of these, like, I don't know, newer guys or something like that, just taking the shot. You know what I mean? Um, so while I would have preferred that Zach taking the shot, you know, it's not, not D-Row is still a great option to take that last shot and had it gone in, he would have been the hero and I wouldn't be saying this. Right. But you know, it didn't go, it didn't go in. Uh, they lose by one point. And again, it's one of those losses that feels like a win, but I'm still, I'm still bummed out about the loss, but nowhere near as bummed out as I have been about the Bulls the last three fucking shit more last few years. Right. So take this L, but we have so much to look forward to. Uh, their, their next game is going to be against the Jazz on the 31st on Halloween. And I'm not too certain about the Jazz in general, but they're, I don't think they're a horrible team. They're, they're undefeated right now, 4-0. So, you know, they have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, so they, they've, it's a good team, and I believe they, they had made the playoffs last year as well. So if we can start, if we can go up against these teams, right, and like these, these playoff teams from last year and play well and just continue to do as well as we've been doing, you know, if we take a couple of L's, we take a couple of L's. But if they're L's like by one point against these playoff teams from last year, I think we're headed in the complete right direction. And, you know, hopefully it just continues like this because Zach Levine deserves a fucking championship. All these guys deserve a championship. Caruso, D-Row, Lonzo Ball has just fucking <laughs> been resurrected in Chicago. Last year, if you had told me Lonzo Ball would have been on the Bulls, I would have been like, yeah, all right. You know, I know they try to get him at the deadline with Vooch, but I was like, there's no way. I don't think Lonzo Ball comes to the Bulls. And to be honest, I had heard nothing but negative things, right? Like he had gone, he had gone from the Lakers, been drafted by them to the Pelicans, didn't do so well there, but he would show flashes and 
I didn't pay too much attention to the NBA last year because I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I I really just kind of pay attention to this to the you know Chicago teams uh, when it comes to certain to certain leagues. Um, football is always number one, but I I hadn't really paid attention to too much basketball last year just because I was like, yeah, you know, Bulls aren't gonna make it. It was it was exciting watching Zach and fucking Kobe play. Don't get me wrong. And to get that Vooch uh, acquisition in the middle of the season was exciting. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. Now we're doing shit, right? So that was cool. But I didn't know that, you know, Lonzo Ball is a fucking baller, bro. Like, he he can ball. You know, no pun intended. But he can absolutely fucking ball. So it's just, I'm just excited to watch this Bulls season. And I'm watching, his, you know, all the games as, as much as I can. Uh, there was a, I've missed maybe like four quarters of all these games so far, you know, that are their four and one season. So I'm hoping to keep it that way, trying to watch as many basketball games as I can and to bring you guys some insight, but I am going to try to bring on again. Let me reiterate. I'm going to try to bring on some more guys. that can speak a little bit more intelligently on the Hawks and the bulls. Um, and even the bears, the Cubs or white Sox too. Right. So, but yeah, you know, let's look forward to this bull season. Basketball is back in Chicago. Um, it's going to be a great season, I hope. You know, barring any injuries, barring anything crazy, I just hope it continues the way it started and it has started great. You know, for every five games, imagine they lose one game for every five games. They play, God damn, that'd be just so great. Here I am falling in love with the Bulls just for them to break my fucking heart. It better not happen. They're going to make the playoffs. They are definitely making the playoffs this year. 100% guarantee. You heard it here first. Fucking October 29th, 2021. Next summer, the bear, uh, the the Bears, the Bulls will be in the playoffs. Zach Levine will have a legit MVP season. He will be in the top three of MVPs. Lonzo comeback player of the year. I don't know if that's possible for him. I don't. I don't really know the the the, the qualifications for that um, or lack thereof. I don't know. We have a good team. Kobe White's still injured, but he's going to come back. It's going to be great. So, you know, just looking forward to that shit. Looking forward to that a lot. Let's watch as much basketball as we can. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, again, you know, I'm trying to bring on some more guys, talk, again, more intelligently on on more teams. Um, I'm going to try to be bringing some blogs up here soon to give you guys more, uh, more content from Big League Chicago. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Uh, website, hopefully with a podcast player for you guys. Um, if you want, you know, you guys are listening on Spotify. That's cool too. But once I get the website up under a different name, um, then we'll definitely, you know, help me out, bring big, big league Chicago up. And anytime you guys want to hit me up on Twitter or on Instagram, I am at, and now Rick, let's talk about the bulls. I'm starting to get, starting to get pretty close to the bulls, Twitter, the, <laughs> the, uh, bears Twitter. I've always been pretty pretty close to but i'm starting to get close to these guys and all of them so it should be super interesting to uh to see but it should be interesting to see what goes on um with the bulls with the bears um so yeah join me on this on this trip to chicago sports and chicago fandom hopefully it works out (laughs) i'll see you guys next time Uh, Go Bears this week, and let's go Bulls. See Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. 
Like nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose school and frown down on something new that they used to. Them all these little screw niggas, they lame. Fuck with them, I can't. Basic mounted and strange. Vision faded and plainer. Ex nigga, one really bit it was on some bitch shit. Wasn't a fan of your figure. And I only like the skinny women. Shit, I like my women plus size. No lie, that why I stretch my son your butt thighs. That's fine by me. She cooks whenever I slide. Pasta burger, french fry. Sometimes I don't even eat. She fuck with my precious. My fluffy, she swear she let me eye Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL and fit her perfect Won't catch me lurking at all My Richard once I spit all Sense so proud and so tall Those cheeks around the applause Over and over and over again Told my homie and my parents We were only just friends At first, I couldn't let my secret out then It's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression Had to pick up the penny Against skinny nigga Thick wallet chubby chasing them Benjamins now Tribe got out They just changed the name so we winning again. Sound partial. Hey, welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to. Them all these little screw niggas that.